0: folks, welcome to the Jacksonville Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host Lisa Blicker, but flying solo today, bringing you a buddy of mine, Khaled Kutsi. Um, Khalid's career has been fascinating and he is both a wonderful human as well as a wonderful professional. I think you're all going to enjoy listening to him speak just as much as I did. Um, please enjoy the podcast, rate, review, like, and most importantly, share with your friends. Have a good one. Collin, welcome to the Jackson Lucas Impact Podcast. Um, I'm Lisa Flicker, and I'm really excited to have you here with me today. Um, I've known you for a long time. I've thought of you as a highly entrepreneurial, extremely intelligent, and wonderful human being. And one of the things I, I love about you the most is the last part of that, which is the wonderful human being, because I know no matter where the roads take you, you're going to lead with your integrity. And I love that about you. So welcome to the podcast and thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you. Lisa. And, and you know, I'm blushing and also I'm wondering, do I owe you money? Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's this about? <laughs> what do you really want?
0: <laughs> you, you owe me no money. And I will tell you that the the intention of our podcast is for the younger listeners who are kind of getting started in their careers or you know vp level building up their careers and people i think are going to be the most interested in this of many out of many of our podcasts because what you've done successfully is what every every person who comes into real estate wants to do which is they think through like what would it be like if i start my own business and you know, just to kind of go through your backstory a little bit, um, you know, had the job that most people just are impressed by at Blackstone, then went with John Cookrell to Northwood. But in, in building out your career and kind of starting your own business, would just love to hear a little bit about when, what went through your head in doing that. And, you know, doing that like right as COVID hit must have been interesting. So would love to hear your story.
1: Yeah, no, and, and, and I'm happy to share it. and, you know, I think it's excellent that you guys are, um, you know, out there trying to help young people as they develop their careers. You know, I was um, fortunate that I had some very good mentors and I continue to have them, you know, sort of shepherd me through the journey. And, you know, it's funny, we're doing our, um, we're getting ready for our investor conference, you in know, sort of our annual, um, you know, meeting. And, you know, sort of little old Sterling, you know, we've had, you know, we have, you know, we kicked off a program in the pandemic um, with internships, you know, to bring sort of to give young people a sense of what it is that we do to see if they like it, you know, to help them navigate their way through. And, you know, here we are today, um, we have, you know, we have had 13 interns since inception, you know, so it's a, so I, I I totally subscribe to it. And I'm very happy to help in any way um, that I can. So I can tell you a little bit about my background. Um, you know, so I, I sort of stumbled into this business, you know, growing up my, uh, you know, my father owned a restaurant. So I really sort of came completely outside of the sphere. You know, the concept of private equity didn't exist. I was, um, you know, I'm an American. I'm proud of it. Uh, but I was born and raised in the United Kingdom. And, uh, you know, my father grew up in the States. So that's how I became an American through, you know, through him. And, um, you know, so I didn't understand anything about this business. And in 2000, I graduated from school and a group of American business people, you know, setting up their shop and, um, you know, offered to take me on as an intern. And, you know, what was amazing about them was, you know, in those days, they didn't have any Initiatives of such. Um, there was no sort of directed program, you know, to give folks like me who didn't have, you know, didn't have an Ivy League education or an internship at one of the investment banks or sort of anyone really giving me a leg up, you know. And these, um, these good folks, you know, just sort of took me in and they said, you know, as long as you contribute positively, sky's the limit. The harder you work, the more we'll put of our essence in you. And I thought that was something, I think is a reflection of the American spirit that I've always. You know, as a result, I left that country. I live here. You know, so so I had um, I I joined in 2000 as an intern. I actually it was um, you know it was Kukral and um, Chad Pike and Chris Hetty who took me on. Who you know forever I, I uh, and Joe Che. So forever I wish them a long and healthy life. You know, and and they converted me from an intern to an analyst in the summer of 21. Again, sort of a very uh, you know a very um, you know, very uh, unique, I should say I'm looking for the word, uh, method because, you know, Blackson didn't, you know, didn't actively recruit through that method. And, uh, um, you know, again, the harder I worked, the more they explained how everything works. But, you know, they were very patient. Uh, they gave me sort of the, you know, if you make a decision, this is where it might take you type lessons so I can make better and better decisions along the way. And I rose steadily through the ranks, you know, from 2000 to 2003. Again, instead of going to business school, they promoted me to an associate, which was huge because, you know, like it's expensive to go to school. And I knew where I wanted to be, you know, and I loved my team. I love that firm. I think they're a remarkable group of people. And then to show you how sorta, you know, how good and impactful they are in 05, they brought me over to New York, you know, for an expatriate uh, position, which You know, I ended up, instead of being here six months, I ended up being here two years, you know, and, and so I never really went back, you know, and then, so I I had nine good years at Blackstone, you know, forever uh, indebted to them for their uh, goodness.
0: I'm sure you have a lot of good stories about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, they're excellent. I have literally uh, nothing but good to say. They're still there. They're, they're, uh, they're still there. They're still helping me along the way. You know, how can I have anything other than good to say about them?
0: Well, that's the one good thing I hear from everybody who's like a Blackstone alum, like yourself, is that there's there's the tail, right? So they take care of their people. So I feel like being a part of that group is one that is, I'm sure will will be an annuity to you for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah, and you know, to be honest, you
1: know, a lot of the stuff that I learned, um, I didn't actively learn it in the sense I was learning without realizing that I was learning it, and it's only later in life that you begin to realize. It. You know, that you put some of the lessons, um, that you sort of learned by just being around very capable, very, you know, uh, you know, very professional individuals. And so now as I go about, you know, building a new organization, it's a lot of the lessons, e- even down to a lesson I learned riding an elevator with somebody at Blackstone summer 2001, you know, where I was sort of, um, you know, getting their thoughts on, compensation and you know we just go, you know we received our bonuses and how to think about that and it was a lesson that was forever um, etched in me as they sort of explained it so but I had, you know nine good years there and then i joined uh you know i took some time off in 09 i joined kukul at northwood yeah you know, john was one of the um you know one of the main um, impact you know uh folks in my career you know and and as he was building out uh northwood you know i Agreed to join him to help, um, you know, with that effort. And again, I had nine excellent years, uh, you know, with John under his leadership and the team. And at the end of eighteen, um, you know, I decided to take some time off. You know, I just had a daughter at the time. Who, you know, as as we pursue the things we are so passionate about, there's there is a cost. And so, as young people think about and listen to something like this, you know, I loved everything I did. But there's a cost to it. You know, time is, it just keeps moving. And you can't be in two or three places at once. So, you know, the cost of traveling around and working so hard is that you can't necessarily be there to serve your spouse. And, and that was, that is important. And then, you know, as I had my daughter later in life, you know, I wanted to make sure that she knew who her, you know, that, you know, maybe she was so young she would not know who I am. But I wanted those moments with her selfishly. And I, and I said, you know what, it's a good time to step back and spend time with my family and serve my wife, um, you know, change the diapers of my, my daughter, things like that, which I felt I wanted those memories. And then, you know, and that was end of 18, you know, so I took about a year and a half off and then the pandemic hit. And, you know, a lot of people scaled their teams up very, very fast or sorry, scaled their um, assets up very, very fast but it didn't scale their teams. So when the world came unstuck, you know, friends of mine in the industry were trying to get me in to the mix on a few things to help out as sort of a, you know, a seasoned set of hands, safe set of hands. And it was a good, you know, uh, investing backdrop. And so I set about, um, you know, the creation of Sterling investors, you know, fun fact, you know, Sterling investors is the, uh, The first office building I ever worked in was um, Sterling Square at Blackstone. Okay. Investors is North Investors. So it was sort of a, to set off on a new journey, pay homage to two good places where you come from. So, you know, Sterling Investors was born, um, you know, and, and we went about, you know, began raising capital, hiring a team, and slowly, slowly, piece by piece, you know, step by step, I know it takes a very long time to build good businesses. I've been a part of two before this one. And you have to start somewhere and you have to lay the first brick and then you have to get going from there. And that's sort of what got me to
0: And one of the things I loved was during the pandemic and right after when I came to see you in your new office space was you were not shy about taking office space and, you know, maybe not, not having people be required to be in the office, but having your team in the office. And I feel like, you know, I look around today and I feel like the, the companies that have their folks in the office just have that collaboration. And I just, you know, I, I remember walking through your space and seeing how beautiful it was and how proud of it you rightfully were. And I, I, I'm sure it's humming right now with, with folks just uh, executing on the vision.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'd say that that's, well, so for anyone is listening, um, we subleased our space. <laughs> so, you know, so, so we came in in July, 2020 and, um, a good friend of mine does leasing in, um, at Cushman and Wakefield and he's excellent at what he does. And he sent me an email and he said, you know, could get into the city value of the capital B and whenever you see that, and, you know, I drove in my little Volkswagen Golf and I zoomed right into the city and went up, had a look. And, you know, part of it is if you want to convince, um, you know, everyone. So so you need, it's a number of different um, constituents that have to come together to support something like this. So everyone's focused on, obviously, you have to have investors. Okay, so that's fine. And then, you know, but you have to have teammates. And, you know, those are folks who, you know, might be married, they might have kids, they may have um, obligations in life, mortgages. And so you need to demonstrate staying power, stability. You know, you need to demonstrate commitment to something that you'll see through all the way. And then you're not going to, you know, sort of come in off the beach, you know, hit a couple of balls, get bored, and then get back in the car and zoom out again. And so I felt like, um, you know, at least this is my philosophy. So again, I'm not here to judge anyone and people should go about navigating their own path. But I felt like a good professional office, nothing over the top. You know, this was a very professional office, but it wasn't at all over the top. And I felt it was important that it wasn't um, a serviced office too, you know, to demonstrate, we're here, we're not going anywhere. And actually the first suite that we took was 3,000 square feet. It was four offices and a teeny weeny kitchen where we put our espresso machine.
0: got
1: To have that, oh, that's that's you know, we need three of those just to like you know tell you our name, and then um, you know, um, but then we had the suite next door, was the same tenant, and so we entered into an agreement where you know down the road we could take it over. It was very, very like I mean, the rents that we were paying at the time were you know extraordinarily low, but you know, but nobody was using offices, and then we um, you know, we entered into an agreement to acquire their furniture for a dollar.
0: That's my favorite. I love that you acquired your furniture for a dollar. I think about that all the time. <laughs> like, like I <it> get. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, um it's important to, you know, like we want to make sure that people have the right impression of us professional and that we're wise with our money. Because if we're wise with ours, we'll be hopefully wise with yours. And also that it's an investment in our teammates. You know, that it's, it's, you know, it's a, It's a well organized, capable firm. And that, you know, that sort of mindset uh, perpetuates and it grows. Because then you hire and you bring in other professional athletes. And then with their energy, and I could feel it. And I will tell you one thing I never, you know, I was very fortunate. I arrived at Blackstone and it was obviously, you know, well developed. And it went on obviously enormously uh, from that point. And I arrived at Northwood and it was, um, you know, it was not as, for as far as um, Blackstone by any measure, but, you know, it was developed. And this was the first time I felt the difference between if you're pushing a boulder on your own and then all of a sudden there's, like, another person, you feel that person. You definitely feel that strength of theirs. And it's 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 humbling, you know, because you're like, wow, this person's pushing next to me. You know, that's really nice. And you feel like... Um, you should do right by that person. And so I, I feel like, it, you know, that was important to having an office presence, to making sure our systems were, um, you know, we operate through, you know, like we'd say best-in-class infrastructure. Our um, IT is in the cloud. Everyone has laptops. Everybody has sort of state-of-the-art everything. So if they bu- bump into their friends who work at, you know, Blackstone KKR, Apollo, Goldman Sachs, you made them they'll say, you know what, we're just as good and better in terms of our, um, you know, our capacity to conduct our business efficiently. So that was all sort of, you know, part and parcel, you know, together. And, um, you know, and and every day we continue to invest in our people and our organization.
0: And I think that's so important. And I think I'm sure that's part of what's kind of led you to here. So in starting up, were there were there any any road bumps i feel like it sounds to somebody who's young and listening to this they're like oh i it seems like it was an easy journey he just started and it went on i would imagine it wasn't as easy as you make it seem um
1: i i will tell you i think the first thing is i do have a remarkable spouse she's extremely um you know she's she's strong and she's more you know warm hearted and she's like Right there. And that, I think that's a huge piece of it because you do have setbacks. You plan, you know, for, you hope for the best and plan for the worst and you go out and you execute. And But still, you know, things come at you. And I was fortunate that I was trained by very good people. So, you know, if you want to execute well, build a plan. And then as you build your plan, think through it, you know, step by step, you know, what can go wrong. And I tried to be as thorough and as deliberate as I could be, you know, my background is in uh, engineering, you know, computer science. So, you know, I'm sort of trained to be that way, sort of, I'd say, because to be honest I couldn't change a print owner at this point. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but things go wrong. You know, people might say it's, you know, uh, you might go to buy something and, you know, the person doesn't want to sell it to you, you want to raise money, but the person doesn't want to invest in the fund, my thing was always be completely transparent, you know, with the team, everything out in the open. They see I work every day, you know, I work for you know their successes as much as my own, and they see the plan. And when something goes against the plan, they see both that something and how we're thinking about reacting to it. And it's important to do that so you build trust, you know, with people. And so they say, okay, you know. Like it didn't go perfectly on this one thing, but they have a plan and they're working through it. And they're listening to some of my thoughts as I express them and seeing if there's something better that they can do with their plan as it evolves. And what that does is with each of the challenges, it strengthens your, your organization It strengthens your team because people say, you know what? Yeah, we've seen some setbacks, but guess what? We know you can get through them. You just got to, you know, plan. You just got to, Figure it out. you just got to execute. You know, make a call, make a presentation, get in front of this person, and so it's doable. But you can't do it by yourself. And you can't shut down if things aren't going perfectly. But having a good spouse, um, you know, family, friends, people you can lean on—they're the ones that you can also turn to when you really sort of say, "Well, you know, what do you think I should do here?" And they'll give it to you straight and. Um, You know, again, I was very fortunate to have a good network control back
0: on. You know what I think? And it's interesting. I tell this to my daughter all the time and it makes her crazy. But I feel like the partner that you pick in life and I I feel like, you know, my husband, Russ, where I feel equally as fortunate. it, It it really is everything, because if you if you don't have that partner in life, it is very hard to to kind of be everywhere in every place. So I, I definitely agree with the fact that like, you know, having the wind beneath your wings to help you to fly is, is extremely valuable. Um, so tell me, you know, for the, you know, and, and I happen to know one of your star interns that are coming in this summer, but tell me a little bit for the, the interns that are starting, what, what advice would you give them to, to, get on this journey and to excel in in the career over time?
1: Well, I'd say the first thing, it was a lesson I was given. It was the best lesson I was ever given. Um, Because I used to show up in people's offices and I didn't have a pen and pad. (laughs) Take a pen and a pad with you everywhere. If you're there to learn, learn, write it down. You know, there's only so much you'll be able to remember. And it's funny when you write things down, how it commits to memory. It's funny how it helps you reflect on them and grow from them. So I'd say the very first lesson is literally take a pen and paper with you wherever you go, um, you know, because people will say things and you'll want to write them down so you can think about them, reflect on them and, and grow from them. And these are people that are saying things because they've done them a thousand times over. So it's, it's Imagine it's like getting the cheat book, you know, to everything, you know, and, and, like, it's funny, like if you don't write it down, you really missed it. So I'd say that was one of the first, and I used to do that, I used to show up in people's offices in Blacks and I didn't have a pen and paper and they you know, say all these things and give me all these instructions at the beginning and I wouldn't write anything down. I'd do the first one, I'd do the second the last and the last. And I'd pretty much miss and forget everything in the middle. So don't do that, you know, try to- That's
0: great advice.
1: I'd say that, and then the second thing is, you know, uh, listen, listen and observe. You know, don't be so quick to speak, you know, when you speak, you're, you're not listening. And so, you know, when people are speaking around you in those, in those settings and those organizations, and they're all capable, what's amazing about, you know, New York and about this country is, it's packed with amazing organizations filled with, you know, very capable people. So when they speak, even if they're not speaking in your direction, listen. Try to think about what they're saying, why are they saying it, where are they going with it. You know, write these things down. And then if they're speaking to you and if they're giving you some instructions, definitely take those down. Make sure you execute them perfectly. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask many, many questions. Because if you don't ask, you're not going to learn. And if you don't learn, and you, you know, you consume time. You're not going to be much um, help to anyone doing that. And so try to, you know, get those basics down and then you know and then grow from there
0: i love that and i think that the asking questions piece people who are younger sometimes they're afraid to ask questions so when i work with some of the interns or the analysts just in giving them some advice they they're feeling as well i don't want to look stupid and i say to themselves if you walk in i say to them if you walk in and then some you don't have any questions that's when you probably look stupid because you can't possibly, with no experience or two years of experience, have no questions around something that is likely fairly complex.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's fair, and I think I think a lot of times people are um, concerned about you know how it might reflect on them, but as long as you know you're asking to learn, if you're debating or arguing to learn, I think you come out stronger. And people, you know, people who are more senior in those organizations will recognize that. And they will say, "Okay, that's a person who's looking and trying to grow. So let's put the, you know, let's put some, you know, uh, heft behind them and help them grow. And then that's in their interest because they're going to want that individual to be part of their team because they're going to say, you know, the more we put of our essence in this person, the more impact they're going to have on our organization, which is good for everyone."
0: I love that. So, what does Khalid and his wife and his daughter do for fun?
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, my, my daughter, um, she just turned five. So Aww. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so fun with uh, with a five year old is, is maybe a little different than fun with my <laughs> wife, who I will not tell you her age. But you know, we we'll do you know, we'll go out to the park and she loves her scooter, you know, so a lot of the stuff and I'm sure Lisa you know you know, you know this too with your kids, yeah, you know, revolves around time with our kids. You know, so right now my daughter is uh, cheating at rock, paper, scissors with me, pretty much every <laughs> you day. Know, cheating at uh, chess and all sorts of, like, games. You know, she just, like, moves the things around in ways that are just not, you know, permitted. <laughs> uh, you know, we go for rides on her. You know, she has her scooter, you know, so we, you know, we take her. Um, yeah, but it's amazing. She speaks three languages already. Really? Yeah. She what languages
0: skates. does she speak?
1: So, uh, she speaks, you know, uh German, Spanish, and English. Now, the English is, I teach her English, so you may say it's not. Complete, but the other two are, are pretty, it's pretty remarkable given her age. And, you know, she's, she ice skates, and so we take her ice skating, and we bought her some uh, inline skates, you know, to do that. And, you know, she rides her bike. So, so a lot of the stuff that we do, it's around our children, you know, because we get so little time with them that, um, you know, we value every minute. And, of course, she's not yet ready to, I mean, we took her skiing, um, up in Vermont. A couple of, it was the first time she's ever been skiing. So we put her in school and we're so proud of like, you know, her learning just sort of how to go up and down. Yeah, but a lot of it is just, it's just, you know, time with our, with our children. Um, you know, cause we see, we see so little of them and it's so fun to be around them and to watch them grow. But it's not like, you know, we're not traveling to exotic places and all that stuff. It's. Staying in New York.
0: Well, we always said when we had kids, it was it was no longer a vacation; it was a family vacation, and the two are very very different. And I'm sure if you do have the time to go away with your wife, the experience is, is much different.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, you know, you know. Sometimes we'll drop off the uh, to the grandparents, and that'll give us a few days where we can make a run to Florida or something like that.
0: Well, important to have both, right? The family time and the spouse time. Um, so I don't know if you've if you've heard, but basically at this point in the session, we go into and I'm gonna try to mimic Chris Papa's voice, the hot seat. Oh
2: the hot seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specialize in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofit startups and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, So please check them out at kkreset.com, K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com.
0: Just a few questions that we run by you. So first one is, and you know, amongst all the things that you do, I imagine you probably don't have that much time for reading or listening to podcasts, but are there any books or podcasts that you're either reading right now or have inspired you that you might recommend to folks that are listening?
1: You know, um... Right now we're cranking on our annual LP meetings. To be honest, I've read like fifty things, and not one of them I would recommend for you to enjoy at the beach. So I will, uh, you know, pass on that one.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, um, what is the most memorable deal that you've had in your in your experience of deals?
1: Oh, that's a that's a good question. You know. Um, you know, I've been quite fortunate to have worked on a lot of transactions. I'd say, you know, the um, I would say when I first came to the U.S., I worked on a transaction with, you know, the Blackstone real estate team, Car America. And it was, um, you know, the first time I participated in, take private. And the team was so remarkable. You know, there was another um, associate and two analysts that worked on it and then two managing directors and, uh, you know, John Gray ran the group, and they moved so, you know, so um, effortlessly, it covered so much ground so fast that, you know, for me, I, I came over thinking I was sort of pretty strong and it was one of the most humbling things I've ever had. You know, it was uh, you know, a fantastic transaction for the firm and for the fund and for the investors. Um, you know, but for me, it was a very important lesson in sort of, you know, there's there's other people around that are you know maybe stronger than you, you know, maybe much stronger than you, and you know that's not a, a reason to get disheartened. It's it's actually something that, that should inspire you to get you know stronger, to work harder, and you know I remember at the end of that first thing because they moved so fast you know they sort of left me in the dust and i remember one of them saying you know just sort of figure out where this game is going and try to get there, you know ahead and so that was you know a very good lesson for me as i worked on that transaction
0: i i know how smart you are so although it sounds like a famous and brilliant cast of characters i'm sure their story would not entail you being left in the dust but it is, I do understand the humbling nature. It's like standing in front of a giant mountain where you're like, you know, I'm just me, just me here. But the teamwork, the teamwork makes you a multiple of yourself. So that that's
1: the thing I would cool. say is, you know, the but that's where you see the strength of a culture. It's this idea of no one gets left behind. So they didn't leave me behind. And they said, look, it's on you. Figure it out and meet us at the finish line. And that's sort of, you know, what I took away from that. In addition, obviously, sort of, yeah, you know, the, the analytics and learning how to invest and everything else, which they're excellent, but it was just that, the speed at which they moved, and then the fact that they said, "Look, don't you know, don't worry about that. Just figure out how to get faster."
0: That's a, that's great advice too. I feel like that's that's something anybody listening who is starting out should also think about because that is great advice. And I've seen you kind of growing the company, which is incredible. What do you look for when you hire folks? Is there anything in particular that makes somebody stand out to you, um, you know, backgrounds or otherwise? Yeah. You know, it's, it's
1: candidly, it's, um, we try to give opportunity in the same way it was given to me in the sense that, you know, we try to push it far and wide and, you know, uh, so what, you know, what it says on someone's resume isn't sort of where it begins and ends for us. You know, we, We'll meet with the folks, you know. We'll call around. We'll try to figure out, you know, a 360-degree perspective on this person, you know. And we're really looking for there are certain key ingredients of, um, you know the kind of individual that we would like to, you know, serve alongside. And so the, there's the obvious ones, you, you know. You have to be hardworking. Nothing comes easy, so you got to work hard. And there's this, you know, there's a sort of a technique to that, uh, which we can help augment. But, you know, you can see in someone's track record and, you know, their academic career and their work career, if they have demonstrated that they are willing to work hard, that's important. I think it's very important to find people of good nature and good character. And so that's actually most of the, the work that we do once we get past it. You know, the fact that you know, the basics are there. We look to see, are they... Of good character. Are they of good nature? How did they react? How did they leave their prior employer? Did they, you know, leave as good as they came in the door or did they say things about them once they left? That for us is a big, um, you know, telltale, but you could tell a lot about, you know, uh, you know, a person by asking other folks, how do they behave? You know, did they come over and help you? Are they uh, listening? Are they willing to lend a hand when you know when you need it? And so we look for you know folks that are hardworking, you know that have the basic skills that we can then augment and build on. But you can't you know you can't build character. You can't really you can help influence a person's nature, but you can't change it. And so we look for those markers, and we do that by asking as many people as we can about how that person reacted in adverse. Um, situations you know did they honor their word and take it on the chin or did they renege you know did they thank the person who helped them or did they just keep moving and we look for the folks who are super strong athletes but also who have a very good human side so that when people um, and this was something I was told to me and it's just like a euphemism but people like to do business with people they like and so you have to be of that nature that people feel like you'll get it done, they can trust you, you're a safe set of hands, you're hardworking so you'll get to the finish line, and that you won't leave everyone behind to get to your goals. If, if you have those ingredients, even if they're fairly timid because you're still young in your career, you know we will seek those ingredients out and then we will try to take you on and then we'll do our best to grow you.
0: I love that and I can see why Why people want to put their money with you because you absolutely embody all of that. So, last question is: This is the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. Would love to just talk to you a little bit about. um, I mean, I I already can tell the impact you've made by all of the folks that you've employed, but what you what you're doing in the world to make an impact?
1: Yeah. So you know, I'd say the first thing is you know. With our investors, we serve their mission. So our investors are um, foundations, endowments, you know, so in our hands, um, not just our hands, but, you know, we can really help make a positive impact in terms of endowing scholarships um, and helping these institutions as they go about trying to cure some of the ills and diseases that we, you know, that afflict us. And so I'd say that's, you know, indirectly, you know, or directly, however you view it, one of the first things that we do, and then as we invest in our real estate, yeah, I think we're trying to make sure that we take a sympathetic view to the various uh, stakeholders around, including our commitments to the environment, our commitments to, you know, our neighbors. So we invest in our properties. We, you know, we place solar to help uh, minimize, you know, energy utilization. You know, as it relates to the human capital side, as I said, you know, we seek to push opportunities wide and as far as we can push it in order to give um, you know everyone and anyone frankly the the chance to um, you know to have the sort of path that we've been fortunate enough you know to have there's still more work to do on that you know it's in our dna but you know at least we're you know we're we're moving in that uh, positive direction and um you know and then i think we try to train our people up so that if you want to you know, you're not going to change the whole world, and you can't change the whole world, but you can control your character. You can control your engagement and your intentions towards others. And so we try to set an example for the rest of our team so that they also can go out and perpetuate a strong, positive um, engagement and impact in our communities.
0: I love that. That's phenomenal. Khaled, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really wonderful to have you on. You, uh, you continue to impress and amaze me with all that you do and know that you always have a friend in Lisa Flicker. So.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Lisa, and good seeing you again.